This podcast is sponsored by PICC, Florida's leading public adjusters for 22 years of handling residential commercial claims in Florida. Dealing with an insurance company when having a property loss can be discouraging. Let PICC encourage you and maximize your compensation. Please call us at 305-956-3666. Okay, good morning. Today's class is in the Schot of Zivug for Ruben Moshe Ben Miriam to find a Zivug and to all call Yisrael Shalav Zivug. Also for the health of Tova Shendel Bat Ulta. Also, Bizrat Hashem, Le'unishma Yerachmah Dehna Magadai, Siyam Benema, and Rufo Shalem Harav Shalom Ben Yavet, Yamina Harav Daniel Ben Sarah, Rav Simchol Nosem Ben Simchol, and successor Yashamayim Lesheva Noach, Adiyam Ben Lesheva, Emir Ben Lesheva, Ben Lesheva, Ben Lesheva, Ben Lesheva, and successor Yukotel Yehuda Mordechai Ben Gitel Rivka. Have success in finding Zivug. Baruch Hashem, today I'm, is my birthday, 45. I am officially the, the, connecting to the name Ma. So hopefully we'll go from this order to order, Bizrat Hashem. And I'm doing a small fundraiser. I'm going to be posting it, whoever wants to donate, um, just for a food fund. Continue to food feed people. And the greatest happiness is to give back. So whoever wants, whoever wants to give donations, just to be able to be part of Chesed and kindness, that would be the best gift would be that. All right, so today's class, we're going to do really, really amazing concepts. Uh, we're going to take a book called uh, In All Your Ways by Rameh Schechter, and we're going to take Lesson 66 in the Kute Moran, and really, really amazing concepts. So today is today's the 16th of Cheshvan. The 17th of Cheshvan is when the flood actually begins. And it's funny how there's a hurricane coming. There's a hurricane here. It's there. It's, it's coming. And, you know, somebody says Florida's in a state of emergency. I said, life has become a state of emergency lately. And this is where I, I, we feel this concept. And, and obviously the, this month we're, we're continuing to build our resilience. And, we're, and the, I heard a great line somebody sent me. And this line really opened, really opened me up. Surrendering without wisdom is giving up. Giving up is surrendering without wisdom. You understand? That means any time we give up, it's because we've surrendered but without wisdom. And we're going to talk about that concept. So why do we give up? And ultimately, the, the only reason why we're giving up is because there's a, there's a lack of wisdom. You know, that's what we're missing really. And how, do, how do we really, really get that? And we always have to remember that we are good enough, but we can always do better. A lot of people don't, a lot of people have given up because they themselves think they're not good enough. So this is a, you need to really, really draw the line. Because remember, this is a marathon. This is a marathon. So remember, you are good enough, but we can always do better. Yes, we could be more focused. We could always be more, uh, we could do better with our eyes. We could be better with our time. We can eat better. We could always do better. Yes, 100%. We all agree. But, you have to remember you are good enough. You have to remember that point because if you lose that, if you lose that I'm not good enough, then I don't have the strength to invest in myself to do better. Very, very important line that we should have to understand that. And it's funny how, you, we're going to talk about this concept today, but it, it's funny how the beginning of my classes really started. It started right after I went to Breslov. I went to Uman and I went to see Rabbi Natan. And Rabbi Nathan was in Breslov, and I was climbing up the stairs, and I literally fell on my face. And sometimes that needed in life just to shake up the head a little bit. 
And yesterday I was praying and I was bowing like I was I had motion and next thing you know, boom! I hit my head on, 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 on the on the on the on, on, when I was praying on the stair on the not the staircase but the bookshelf. And boom! And it reminded me. So hopefully this forty five is another shift that I need. Uh, God willing. But every head, it's sometimes our brains need a little shake. And sometimes these falls are actually for the best. But that's what started my speaking career, believe it or not. That fall in Breslau. I, it was in the middle of 2 o'clock in the morning. It was raining. And I literally went three six. It just flipped, fell right on my head. And that was a positive concussion. So sometimes we need to get hit in the head if we're not getting there our own way. So remember the falls in your life. Now, what is surrendering with wisdom? That's called bittel. See the difference? Surrendering with, bit, with wisdom is bittel. Surrendering without wisdom is giving up. So the key here is the, is the wisdom part. Bittel gets us to the greatest place, which we're going to talk about lesson 65 and 66 on this. But ultimately, what we want to go is into bittel. Bittel means nullification to where everything is oneness. An acceptance that we would have never gotten there. Giving up is not acceptance. Bittel is acceptance. Acceptance that there's a bigger picture in life. Acceptance that there's a bigger calling. Acceptance that I don't see the big picture. And, I'm, and that's why I need to surrender to see the big picture. And this is when people go and coming in recovery. When they surrender, they're not giving up. They're actually checking in. They're accepting that my life is unmanageable. And I need my creator to help me. I need my creator. They're accepting to the fact that, yes, my life is unmanageable. The state of being, if I don't have new wisdom and new, new life, my life is unmanageable. Same thing here. We have to believe that our creator can open up our mind and our old creator can close our mind. Extremely important. I'm reading a, a, a great book right now, which I'll eventually I want to do a, a class on. The Myth of Normal, which is like, you know, when people say... You know, oh, this guy is normal, he's not normal. Nobody's normal right now. Nobody is normal, 100%. There's no such thing as that. And today you see it more. Nobody's normal. And that's a myth itself that we should, I'm just going to live a normal life. Impossible. Everybody, we're all here in this world, we're all broken. There's so many things to fix. But we're, we're good enough. That's the difference. We're broken, but we're good enough. That means you can be happy and heartbroken at the same time. Which, is, which doesn't make any sense. How could I be happy and heartbroken? At the same time, yes, that's exactly exactly the message. And we all, ultimately we need to understand that there's everybody has we all have wins in our lives, and we have to are we the candle or are we the fuel? The winds will fuel the fuel, but they'll blow out the candle. That's the only thing you need to work on is strength. The rest is up to your creator. You have to make a keli. You have to strengthen yourself as much as the midrash says. We we strengthen the strong. You have to be able, that means according to your desire, according to how you view yourself, that's how your creator helps you. But if you have a dented self-image, that does not help. We're going to talk about that the name Ma, the name Ma gets you from the Tzara to the Zohar. The Ma, Ma means surrendering to where everything is oneness, where everything is good. What do I know? Ma means what do I know? That's my lesson. It's 45. I was waiting to... I was waiting to become 45. 44 was dam, which means, dam means blood, cleansing. And it definitely 44 was a cleansing year for me. 
A lot of cleansing. A lot of cleansing. But now Ma is ready. Ma is now the crown. Ma is now when things can go in order. And I felt it. I, felt, I feel the energy in the year itself. Between Dam to, to, um, to, to Ma. And Ma is when a person starts getting everything's God's will and will start in order. And what are we really doing? We are surrendering personal control for personal peace. That's what we're really doing. Wisdom, with wisdom, you surrender personal control for personal peace. That's what we want. What do we want? We want peace at the end of the day. Like we said before, Tom Brady's had a rough week. Uh, uh, money's not everything. We think, hey, I want this guy's life. He's the top of the world. And now all of a sudden, the guy's getting a divorce. He loses $650 million in one day. His FTX. I just, it just goes to show you, wow, if I don't have, if I don't have torment, if I don't have spirituality, I'm finished. I'm finished. It goes to show you in a blink of an eye. The guy that's sitting, I remember sitting, the guy, he, 28-year-old with the curly hair, you know, it looks like he's in, his pajamas worth $3 billion today, zero. Zero. Like that, blink of an eye. Blink of an eye. But we at least have, we at least have Torah, we have, we have life, we have vitality in our lives. We need to understand a very big principle and you always have to remind yourself. Although it appears to be very, by the way, the gift that also I want a new government as a gift. That, that, that's another gift that I want. Please, Hashem, give us a new government. That, that is, if I'm going to request the Gashmias request, I've only requested Ruchnias requests, spiritual. But the Gashmias request is I do want a new government. Since Noah destroyed the world, since the, since the world was destroyed, God promised He would never destroy the world again. That means when this, God originally, when God destroyed the world, there was, it was desolate. But because He promised that He will never destroy the world again, you have to believe that every single darkness in life has a new spring, a new, a new light into it. Very, very important. That means there's no such thing in life today as darkness that does not have a light right after the darkness. Ever since God pleaded, he, never, he would never do that again. So we also have to believe in that light right after the darkness. It's funny how the word trauma comes from the Greek word called wound. It's a wound. But at the end of the day, you can have a scar. After a wound, sometimes you get a scar if you heal. And your scar becomes your metal. Yes, there's, that's a scar. You know, for example... You know, you meet a veteran, and I'll tell you, this is from this war, this is from that, this is from this divorce, this is from that business. Okay, my scars are my medals. My scar is my medal. But the other wound, if you haven't healed spiritually, that wound becomes so sensitive that what happens to the person who has a wound? Anything near affects it. Beautiful analogy by Gabriel Mate. It's the wound. The wound is not healed. Our job is to heal the wound. Will it become a scar? Yes. But your scars are your metal. That's ultimately what we want. We have to do a whole different class on trauma altogether. But it, it, this is a st- the story of our lives, that there will be a light after the darkness. So there's a, there's a, there, there's a fine line, which Rabbi Nachman speaks about this in Lesson 65 and 66, which is probably, again, one of my favorite, two of my favorite Torahs also. Where 65 says, talks about surrendering to a bigger purpose, surrendering to Bittal, that the only way to get rid of pain today is to surrender. Because we're not, remember, when we're surrendering to pain, we are accepting it and we are no longer resisting it. So as long as you're not resisting something, 
there comes growth automatically. Acceptance causes growth, the pain, but to the extent that we resist pain, we, we can never go into bittal. We can never go into surrender to the ultimate purpose where everything's good. So basically surrendering with wisdom allows you to, to grow, to, to, become, to, to get a new mindset and grow from it. Surrendering without wisdom is resisting, is resisting which leads to, unfortunately, it leads to a person giving up. Lesson 66 talks about that God's giving you, he says, to the extent of a person's, to the extent of a person's desire is determined principally by the obstacle heaven arranges for him. So we all have custom-made obstacles. Each of us have custom-made obstacles. They're tailor-made, just like you go, go, go buy a suit, take your measurements, in heaven, there's a custom-made obstacle for you. One guy, one person's obstacle could be forgiving people. Another one could be getting rid of the logical mind. Another one's anger management. Another one's controlling their desires all day long. We all have these obstacles, but it's tailor-made for you. This should teach you an important lesson. That you should, one, of you, one of my prayers that I say every single day, because I know what it is with my obstacles that I go through, a tremendous amount of work, that itself should teach you just how you view your good points in yourself and you keep on trying and you're not failing and you keep on working on yourself. You should never in a million years judge another person's darkness. Absolutely not. Because if you really knew how much work it is to work on yourself and you're not, and there is no normal people, by the way. <laughs> it is a myth. It, it, couldn't be, it couldn't have been a greater title to, to his book, The Myth of Normal that you should never judge another person's darkness because that is tailor-made for him. You have your own. If you're succeeding in it, it's because you're working hard in it. But we can't judge another person because maybe they don't have the strength to work on it. You just have to understand, not everybody has strength. Not everybody has discipline. And discipline is the only way to have freedom today. Freedom is not being able to go and do what you want in life. That is not freedom. Freedom is not doing what you want. Freedom is doing what you don't want to do. <laughs> that is freedom. It's called discipline. We think today, let me be free. Let me smoke what I want. Make everything free. There's no discipline. There's no discipline. There's no freedom. There's no freedom. There's, you're hostage to whatever you need. So the ultimate, we think we're free. It's funny how the people that want to be more free are the most hostage to everything. Because all they want to do is become TikTok stars. But they have no discipline. Because the real victories are, in, are, are real victories are when you, da- when you battle your, your hardest things in life. That is the victory in life. When you have discipline and you don't, you don't take the bite of the apple. Like the bite of the apple, which is the, new, the, the digital electronics. The, diet, the bite of the apple. It's funny how the bite of the apple. That's what we're taking the bite of the apple. The barrier is for the sake of the desire, so that you will have a greater desire to do that thing. Since the barrier that keeps a person from something greatly increases his desire, for example, if a child is shown something, you show your kid a toy. Imagine you show your kid a toy, right? Whatever my kid's into nowadays. Changes every week. Show him that toy, now take it away from him. See what he does. Okay, it's okay, Daddy. I don't want it. He'll never say that. He'll never say, I don't want it. Show it to him, take it away from him. You'll see. Five hours, it won't go, so it won't stop. 
You won't stop. How many kids will say, eh, I don't want it. It's okay. Not meant to be. Opposite. So the same thing spiritually. We are shown obstacles. We are shown the desire. And sometimes God will give you a free, a, a free preview of what that looks like in your life. What it, what it looks like to have calmness. What it looks like to have focus. What it looks like to have, you know, Shmirat Brit. And then he takes it away from you. And then he says, now go work for it. Story of our lives. So the obstacle is for the sake of the desire. Obstacles are not there to punish you. Obstacles are there to turn it up. So giving up is surrendering without wisdom. Giving up is surrendering without wisdom. And if you understand the way that God never created any darkness without the light afterwards, there's no such thing as giving up. The same applies to holiness. When confronted by an obstacle, a person's desire grows even stronger. And the greater the desired object, the greater the obstacle. For there are three elements. The desire, the one, the desire, what you're desired, and the desired. And to the extent that a person's desire his, his, the, to, to the extent that the greatness of that thing is the, is, is the extent of the obstacle in that thing. The obstacle is the way. So this is where you need to understand this concept. And what we need to do is we need to spend time expressing our desires to our Creator. It is not enough where you should just, you have to express the intent in your Creator. Whatever a person truly desires to accomplish, he will, turn, he will accomplish this by turning potential into actual. But he has to go through three things. He has to go through thought, speech, and action. Right? He has to express it. What I recommend you guys is when you have, when in the mornings you have a lot more willpower than you do in the afternoons. My willpower between three and five o'clock is almost shot. Shot wake up very early, it's just shocked. It's very few things I could do at that hour, at, those, at that two-hour window. I could take all the coffees in the world, it's just, it's just not there. It's not there. So, but in the morning, it's on the money. So you really need to also value your time. There's a time when you want to desire something and you want to fuel a goal, you're not going to do it at three o'clock in the afternoon when you barely can have the head to even uh, you know, pick up your kids. <laughs> That's not the time when there's fatigue. Remember, your willpower is like a battery. It doesn't, you don't have a full drain the whole day. You don't have it. In the morning, you do. So this is why you don't want to sleep in. Because when you sleep in, you wake up to chaos and the battery's drained right away. So you don't have the morning or the, and the afternoon is nothing. So you have to be able to manage your willpower. I manage my willpower tremendously. The foods I eat... I eat the wrong food, willpower is depleted. You have a big breakfast, your willpower is depleted. You have, you, you, you're careful with your focus, your willpower. Remember, you need willpower to fuel goals. If you don't have any willpower, the obstacle is just going to take over you. So we already know we have a battle and we have to manage our abilities. So this is why without really waking up in the morning, and having that time where you express your desire and tell your creator, you, you won't do it. I tried. I tried at 3, 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock to get focused. It's just not there. It's not there. It's not there. And, that's, it's, and it's not supposed to be there because that's, that's exactly the contraction that comes because right at what happens in the contraction? A new day is being created. So a new day is being created so the old day has to come to an end. So the darkness has to come 
for the new light to come. Rav Natan tells us many times that the morning, the morning, the afternoon, and the nights are not just physical times. They are states of our lives. They are states of our consciousness. They are states of our clarity. Morning is clarity. The afternoon you start to lose it. The night you have to go straight into faith. That's when you don't understand anything. At night we just cover our eyes. We're just going to complete... I'm, I'm, how many times do we hear... We go to bed crying and we wake up with laughter. Yes, this is the story of your life. So things can flip so quickly. Things can flip so quickly in life. And we have to be able to be ready for that. So we have to heal our wounds. We have to recognize that. We have to be ready for that door to open. We can't be afraid for the door to open because if the door doesn't open, then you stay in the past. And then we're wounded. We don't want to be wounded. But you will have a scar. You will have a scar in life and you need to understand. So this is where Rabbi Nachman says that yes, we have to understand, we have to turn up the heat, but we need to also surrender that, there's, that this is all happening for the best. See, there's a fine line between turning up the heat and knowing this is for the best. Because if it, I don't believe it's for the best, then, then <laughs> why would I turn up the heat to a stingy God who's putting all kinds of headaches in my life? This is where you need to really, really have a fine line. Rav Nachman made a powerful statement that there's no despair in the world. That even if he falls in the darkest places, Rav Nachman looked at the root of creation from beginning to end and did not see any despair in the world. It's a a real statement. He looked from the beginning of the end to the end of the world. I'm sure he did that in his Bodhidut. And he saw that despair does not exist in the world. According to Kabbalah, when the world was created, the breaking of the vessels occurred to put simply the powerful light was too much for creation and the light broke on purpose. Right? We spoke about this many times that God created the ten spherot. Originally it was one sphera. He put so much light on purposely he broke the vessel. So he created ten spherot so we would be able to manage this light properly. But the breaking of the vessels also allowed bad and evil in the world to, to exist. And our ultimate job is to elevate it back to good. But it did allow bad to exist. God purposely allowed bad into world in the, to exist. And this is where the concept that of, the, of, the, of understanding that God is always there, but He's also hidden sometimes. And the Midrash says that when God, before God created the world, He destroyed and created worlds. So you think this is the, the first world? Mirror says there was the worlds that destroyed and he created. He finally decided on this one. The destruction and repair are the vessels that lies in the creation. It's mystery. According to the Rizal, the breaking of the vessels is not a one-time occurrence. It's a constant thing that constant happens. The breaking of the vessels is a constant thing that happens. You go out with somebody... Relationship as light, it breaks. Either you repair it or you move on. But things are always getting repaired. This business breaks, has to be repaired. Inflation, the economy is broken, we have to fix it. It's just, this is like a constant. But if we understand that things are constantly breaking, and the Arizal is telling you right now, which I think Arizal knew a little bit more than me and you and most psychologists, you are not broken. You're in a broken situation that has to be fixed. But if I say I'm broken, 
I am, I'm bad, I'm broken, I'm no good, then, then that's it. You're identifying yourself. That means I could say the relationship has a problem or there's a problem in the relationship. Isn't that a difference? There's a problem in the relationship versus the relationship is a problem. I'm a problem versus I have a problem. But I'm not a problem. I have a problem. I'm a body or do I have a body? I have a body. I'm not a body. You see the difference? I'm in a broke, I have, a, I have something broken in front of me, but I'm not broken. I'm not broken. You understand? We lose self-esteem by saying, I'm broken, I can't handle the brokenness. Because that taints, that, the problem with that is that taints, it taints your, the world. You're looking at the world with your, the perspective of your own eyes. And everything, if you have dark glasses, everything appears to be dark. Even though the job repaired, the, God repaired the world's original breakage, He left the job unfinished. So God purposely left the job unfinished so we can come to this world and rectify it and we come into a dark world and what do we do? We put our Creator in the, in the darkness and we elevate things and we bring light, the story of Hanukkah, the story of our lives. The story of our lives, to bring the darkness. Yes, are you going to, are you going to have a scar? Yes, you will have a scar. But you're supposed to say that scar is really a medal. You're not supposed to say, I'm scarred. I have a scar. I have a scar. Big difference. And this is why we have to go through endless ups and downs that all existed in the root of creation. And now they're just being revealed. We choose good over evil. We become partners with God in creation. Bingo. That's it. You become a partner with God when you choose good over evil. Evil has to be conquered, not understood. Not understood. A lot of trauma victims are trying to understand. It's not meant to be understood. It's meant to be conquered. It's meant to be conquered. Choose. It's not a mind thing, it's a heart thing. But if you say, I'm broken, and... God did this to me, he's punishing me, or I'm no good, then, then you, 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 can't, you, you, you allow the evil to overcome you and, and you lose the relationship with your Creator. That means when, you're, when you lose a relationship to your Creator, what happens? You're not part of creation anymore. You're stuck in what? Tohu vohu. You're stuck in the chaos. Even after the breakage, there remained a spark of light that was not destroyed. It is true. These sparks that all the worlds are repaired. Likewise, the, what's the spark, by the way, practically? What's the spark? Let's say you go lose money. In a, in a, I lost mon tons of money one time in a business deal. Very young, tons of money. What's the spark? The lesson, I will never do business with people unless I know everything about the business. That is the spark. A divorce. What's the spark? Thank you for giving a master's in communication. Now I know what I want. Now I know what I don't want. What's the lesson after the, the mess? What's the, what's the message after the mess? That is the light. And that light, you can now use it as wisdom. It's exactly why we pay employees more money if they have experience. Because we don't have to go through the breaking of the vessels and repairing. They've already gone through that. So there's a value. There's a value to a person failing and getting experience which leads them to success. 
there's a value. This is what's worth. You pay people more money because they have experience, and that experience is worth money. Otherwise, you're going to be, you're going to be involved in that mess, right? Why do coaches make, you know, fifteen million dollars, and another guy makes a million? S- same sideline, but he knows what to do on fourth and one. He knows how to. He knows what to do on fourth and one when the game's on the line. The other guy's never been through that situation, so somebody's going to learn. Somebody's going to learn. Same thing. Sometimes married, married, the couples that got divorced, they're not broken. They have a lot more experience. Their expectations are not less or more, but they're more realistic that there's no perfect uh, situation. There's no perfect situation, and you have to be more open. So that actually makes them better people. It doesn't mean, oh, he's divorced. Something must be wrong with him. No, he, he got a lesson. Like you would never tell people, hey, you, a guy, uh, you know, he lost money in business. He's broken as long as he comes back differently. You have to come back differently. Otherwise, you get the same lesson in life. So what do we have to do? Our, his original intention was that we reveal that spark of good. And everything in life is a model. This is the model of life. When things seem dry and empty, like the stock market, Baruch Hashem, like the economy, there will, be, there will be a swing. There will be a light. There has to be. God will not destroy the world. It will not destroy the world. Without a trace of spirit, this is why two things drive a market. Greed and fear. You know, you look at, and we're going we're gonna to take this tape right now, with today's November 10th, 2022, and Amazon is at $86, Okay. We're going to say, what? it's November 10th, 2023, and Amazon is $140. Can you believe it? Yes, that's going to be probably a conversation we could have probably had. But everything that's dark has a light. Even hurricanes. If I could tell you how, much, how many people are making parnasa from this hurricane and contractors that were not busy, it revitalized the economy. There's light after everything. God did not create a world or a situation whether you should say, that's it, you're finished. Post-traumatic stress your whole life, you're done. Bye. See ya. See you later. He did not create the world like that since the flood. After the flood, he says, here's the rainbow. I'm never going to do this again. I will always have light after darkness. That should give you a major chizik. That should major, major chizik that despair and quitting doesn't exist. And that's the model for life. And this is the same thing when you see people that are dysfunctional and you see people that are going through the toughest times, you have to find the good points in them. And your job is to find the one thing they do good and blow it up. And make and pump it up. And give it oxygen as much as you can because with the good that they have, they'll come back to Hashem. But if you tell them everything they're doing is wrong, what do you, what, what's the motive? You, we have to do that with people. We have to find the good in people. Rabbi Nachman said, even in the worst person, you have to find the good in them. Because that's exactly what our job is. Our job is to be partners of creation in repairing the world, not destroying the world. Look at the Lubavitcher Rebbe. There's communities that 75, 80% of the people in Chabad are not even Jewish. Other people would say, what the, what the hell are you doing here? 
I know communities that 75 to 80, the people are not even Jewish. The people that they're married, not even Jewish. But for the guy who is married, you got to help him. That's, you have to learn from that. Why is Chabad so successful today? They don't close down things. Why are they so successful? Because it's all about... And I asked the rabbi, how are you, how are you dealing with this? Like what you know, you deal with it. You guys married to that Jew. Happens. It's very common. It's for the guy. For that one person. Can you imagine? So it just it goes to show you that this is ultimately the Chabad's concept of sending people all over the world to go pick up the sparks and to go pick up people. <laughs> this is what it's talking about. And this is why Chabad is is, is where it is today. And even Rab Nachman predicted this, by the way. Rab Nachman predicted. He met the Balatanya, and he says he will be the leader of the thousands. Chabad's concept is Ve'ahavta l'recha kamocha. I love see that love your love your neighbor as your friend. Rab Nachman is is nekudetova. See the good point in him. See the difference? Chabad is fine. Just love everybody. Rav Nachman's different. Just find the good point in him. See the good in him. See the good in him. See the good in yourself. That means if we really worked on ourselves and we got to the consciousness of love, we would only see the good in everybody because we, we wouldn't have that ugliness in ourselves. So we wouldn't see the ugliness in other people. But we are far from that level. But at least we could, we could desire to get to that level. But that is really, really the key. And even the Torah, even the tablets... The tablets, the first tablets, did not contain the word good in it. They were destroyed. The second tablets had the word good in it. So you could see even the tablets, the commandments that we got, the first ones, destroyed. The second ones were rebuilt on good. And the earth was empty and desolate, and darkness was all over the face of the waters. This refers to the breakage and God said, let there be light. This refers to the repair. Not the despair, the repair. <laughs> Your job is to ask yourself what needs to be repaired and get out of despair. Despair does not exist. Repair does, and it's actually a mission. And if God didn't want things to be repaired, He would have made the whole world whole. And He wouldn't need you anyway. So at the end of the day, what do, you, what do I need you for? If everything's done... Right? We only call people when, when things are, need work. You don't hire employees when there's nothing to be done. <laughs> you, only, you only get people. So really God needs, God needs us to be part, partners with Him, to be part of the world, because the ultimate purpose that He created was to reveal His machos, was is to recognize God. A person should recognize godliness in his life. According to Kabbalah, Right? These, two, these sparks fell into darkness and our job really, really is to elevate them back. And now we can understand Rabbi Nachman says when he says there's because of the, the, the light in the, in the shattered vessels, that's when darkness does not exist. Uh, uh, despair does not exist. Many times in, we, in life we find that the answers to our greatest difficulties, whether physical or spiritual, was right under our noses. Only we didn't see it. This is what the Midrash says. Everybody is presumed to be blind until God opens up their eyes. 
and we see where do we know the story from? We just read it a couple uh, uh, two, two, two weeks ago with Ishma and Hagar. Soon after being sent from Abraham's house, Ishma and Hagar became lost in the desert and ran out of water. They had actually come upon a well, but because they were already sentenced to death, they cannot see it. Only Hagar abandoned. Only when Hagar abandoned all other hope and threw herself completely to God's compassion that God heard the voice of the lad where he was and God opened up her eyes and she beheld a a well of water. God did not create a new well of water. He simply opened up her eyes. Powerful message. We are all in that situation. When you think everything is lost but only God, only God can help you. When you're dating and you're 36, 30, 40, whatever number, and you can't get nothing until you recognize God, I'm, nothing's going to help me but you. Not the dating, not the chavchanim, not the matchmaker, not the economy. Zero! Only you. God reveals to you what you needed to work on, and He shows you, the, he shows you exactly. That's a... Imagine some. Imagine Hagar sitting there and she doesn't see the well right in front of her. The solution is right in front of you. Isn't that amazing? Right in front of her. The well is right in front of her. She didn't see it. She didn't see it. You opened up her eyes. How many times has it happened to us? We wake up in the morning, God opens up your eyes, gives you an idea. You're trying to figure it out, you can't figure it out. Only when you go to sleep does He give you the idea. Can you imagine when, he, the, 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 when you go to sleep, when you go into a muna, when you recognize there's nothing you could do, but to rely on him, he opens up your eyes. He simply opened the prize, he lifted the concealment, and the point that, ne- that was never broke was revealed. Then she filled the jug with water, she gave the lad to drink, and God was with the lad and he grew Imagine if God did that to Hagar, what he could do to you. I mean, but are you, are you in that position? Are, you, are, we, in that, are we asking for to God to open up our eyes? Or are we asking God to change the system? That's the question. What are you asking? Are you asking to open up your eyes? Or are you asking God to fix his problem? <laughs> That's where you need to understand. That's where I'm trying to explain to you, it's not about the outside world. It's about the inside world. Your eyes can't see it. You can't see the good in that person. You can't see the love in that person. You can't see. It's not the person. You can't see it. That's the problem. Because you're not in a position of what? Surrender. If you surrender, but if you quit, you're not seeing anything. You're not seeing anything but reaffirming your low self-esteem. But if you keep on going, Hagar, just like Hagar did, and just surrendered to God. Bittel, she went into Bittel. She got the answer. This process is found in many areas of our lives. A seed cannot grow until it decays on the floor, etc., etc. And this is where we get to the, the final Ma. According to Kabbalah, the holy name through which God brings about a rectification is Ma. What name does God use to save a person? The name Ma, which I t- talk to you guys all day long about which is the name 45, Baruch Hashem Terem, 45, and this is the name that brings back order. 
Sometimes a person is in deep despair having tried every single option. He finally acknowledged his inability to save himself and totally surrenders his life to God. He lifts his eyes to heaven, draws upon himself a new light from the holy name Ma. He then comes to realize what are we, what is our kindness, what is our power, what is our deliverance, what is our deliverance, what? The amazing thing happens. It's Sora, which means trouble, which is almost the same word. Sora is the same word as Zohar. Becomes the trouble, becomes the light. The problem becomes the solution. When you surrender to Ma, the problem becomes the solution. For just like a birth of a fledging, of, of a fledging the egg must be broken before a new life can emerge. You have to break the identity, you have to break the old self, you have to break the, the stingy one, the stingy, you have to break the controlling person, and then the new person comes in. You have to, the, old, the, the controlling person is the egg that has to be broken, and the new identity is the trustful person that surrenders to God. So here's our solutions. Turn the darkness into light by surrendering, not giving up. That's the message. This is, this is a very, very Scorpio mindset. This is all about rectifying, rectifying, building that resilience. But you're going to go through the darkness and you're going to go through this. This is what I'm trying to explain to you. So all we have to do is really take this advice. Turn up the heat, but know how to surrender. Try as much. Keep on pushing, but know how to surrender the outcome. Keep on pushing. Surrender the outcome. It's running and returning. Running and then returning back to humility. Running, returning back to humility. You can't just run. But when you're running and you don't return to your hood, then you can become arrogant because then you, you're going to say, I did it. So God purposely puts you in a situation where you're going to, you've tried everything and he wants to show you that the salvation came when you surrendered. It, should, it, should, it seems so obvious, but you know how hard it is to surrender? You know how hard it is to surrender? You know how much prayers you need to surrender? Everybody should just have white flags in their houses. But surrendering with bittle, not surrendering with, without wisdom. This is surrendering to recognize I'm not control. I'm going to work, work, work. But the salvation can come tomorrow. It can come next week. I can't put a time limit on God. And you can't either. If you put a time limit on Him, then you're not surrendering. That's not surrendering. And you say, when is it going to happen? You're not surrendering. Surrendering is when you let go of time and space. And then the Yeshua's come to a person. Hashem, help us all. But we should all surrender with wisdom and, 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 and bittle instead of surrendering with guilt. Have a great day. Amen. Thank you. Thank you.